0: Terms and conditions apply.
1: From the Berkshires to the sound. From wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 83,
2: Rob Parker. Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker. Our 2022 Debut of Inside the Parker. Happy New Year to all you baseball fans. Coming up on the program, I'll reveal my 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. You want to stick around for that. Plus, we'll talk with JR Gamble, the managing editor of MLBBro.com. That and much more. Let's go.
1: To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep them up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball.
2: Number one. The baseball lockout rolls on. We got to have hope as we get into the new year that now that the holidays are all behind us, Christmas and the new year, that the uh, owners and the players will now try to work on this to get a new collective bargaining agreement in place so that we can start the season on time. There is some optimism that both sides will finally get to the table and hammer this thing out. Obviously, there's billions of dollars to split. It's just a matter of figuring it out and trying to get it together. And I think we've been a little spoiled, to be honest. We had 28 years of labor peace in Major League Baseball, which is unprecedented So it feels weird to be in this place, to be held up and not know exactly what's happening. That is a part that makes you a little queasy, but the history is on our side. And when I say our side, baseball fans, because lockouts have not led to missing any regular season games in the past. The lockouts usually mean that the season will get started, it's player strikes that have really stopped the games and cost us to lose games during the regular season. So if everything holds the way it has gone in the past, we should have pitchers and catchers. But a side note, the Blue Jays' pitchers and catchers are scheduled to report to spring training in mid-February. You know, that's what we all wait for when they say pitchers and catchers report. But a story in the uh, Toronto Sun on Wednesday said that the players for the Blue Jays were told, you know, don't rush uh, about making accommodations for being down in Dunedin at the uh, Blue Jays training facility in Florida. You know, I I guess to say don't rush to make accommodations, I mean, that would be six weeks from now, pitchers and catchers. So that's kind of weird to hear. And uh, Jeff Passan of uh, ESPN also reported on Wednesday that no meeting currently was scheduled, but uh, that could always change. I think as you get closer, the pressure is on, and I think that's the best time when deals are done. Number two, the lockout didn't stop the New York Metropolitans from hiring a manager. That's right. Buck Show Walter was named manager of the New York Mets during the lockout. And, uh, Buck Show Walter, as we know, managed the Yankees, the Orioles. He's been around. He's, uh, managed a lot of teams and had some success. And the Mets are serious. They want to get involved. They want to be able to make the playoffs. And so they go for a veteran manager, not bucking the trend of hiring. Younger, former players with no experience who are mostly going to listen to the front office and do what they do and take the lineups that they give them to put out there. So, Buck Showalter Walter is definitely a change in, you know, the hiring of managers. And we saw that with the White Sox when they brought back Hall of Fame manager and almost 80 year old manager Tony LaRussa to the dugout and uh, news also on uh, Buck Show Walters coaching staff. There's a report out there that uh, Buck Buckshow Walters first coaching staff hire uh, could be Joey Cora to be the new third base coach, according to the New York post. And uh, Cora spent the last five years in that role with the Pittsburgh Pirates Um, so he could be coming to Queens. And um, Joey Cora, of course, is the brother of Alex Cora, who, of course, is the manager of the Boston Red Sox. Number three. Some other interesting news that has come out about free agents. A lot of free agents got signed big time before the lockout was in place. We saw a lot of players get some big-time dollars. But uh, one of the biggest names out there was Carlos Correa, the free agent from the Houston Astros. And, uh, you know, he's looking for a big deal. He saw Corey Seager get $325 million from the Texas Rangers, who also signed Marcus Simeon for $175. They spent a half a billion dollars for their double play combination up the middle. And there's some talk, at least Ken Rosenthal, who writes for The Athletic and, of course, Fox Sports, Wrote that, uh, said in the podcast that he believes that the Cubs are interested in Alice Correa, but the only way that a deal could get done is if it's a shorter deal, not the big time deal like we saw Seeger get. So, I don't know about that. I don't know how Carlos Correa could look at Corey Seeger and a 10 year, $325 million deal and expect to take a smaller deal. He should get at least what Seger's getting, if not more. I think on the open market he should probably get 350 million. So this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out and then how long the lockout takes and whether or not somebody will be able to get a deal done as soon as uh, camps open up. There's a lot of stuff. He probably wanted to get a deal done before this all happened, but Obviously, the money wasn't on the table that he liked. So he's out in the cold for right now. And hopefully this won't go down to the wire and Carlos Correa will find a new home somewhere outside of Houston.
1: When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new.
2: Let's welcome to the podcast, J.R. Gamble, the managing editor of MLBbro.com. Happy New Year, J.R. Welcome to the podcast, my man.
3: Happy New Year, Rob. Thanks for having me. Pitches and catches only a couple months away.
2: I hope so. From (laughs) your mouth to God's ears, February 15th or so, man. So uh, this time of the year, I love to talk baseball with people who love baseball as much as I do. So J.R. is one of those guys couple things we could get into. I'm going to reveal my Baseball Hall of Fame ballot later on in the podcast, the entire. But I will give you a piece that I did vote for Gary Sheffield, who's been on the ballot. And we've seen his numbers go up, JR, the last two years to like 30% and then 40% last year. Make a case for Sheffield because he has, to me, a magic number. And if you have 500 home runs... I automatically vote for you.
3: It amazes me that I have to even make a case for Gary Sheffield, the guy that had close to 2,700 career hits, um, 509 career home runs, over 250 stolen bases, a batting average over, career batting average of over 290. There's not many players in the history of the game from any era that has those type of um, numbers. And even more disconcerting is the fact that someone like Todd Helton would uh, – he had a higher percentage of votes right now. I think he got about 45% than a Gary Sheffield. I mean, his numbers pale in comparison to Sheffield. And I'm really confused with how the writers determine, you know, how they're voting, the percentages, because if you just look at this ballot, um, Gary Sheffield's a better player than, you know, Andrew Jones. Um, Gary Sheffield's a better player than Scott Rowland, um, Omar Vizcal. It, it's also interesting to me. There's a case for Jimmy Rollins as well. If you um, rank him statistically, particularly offensively, if you combine hits and um, stolen bases, so forth, um, Jimmy Rollins has a good case, as in uh, as good a case to me as Jeff Kent for um, Hall of Fame from, from a second base perspective. Only almost 2,500 career hits, um, what almost 500 career stolen bases. Uh, you know, he was a second baseman and slugged 4'18". I mean, you know, that I'm pretty co- I'm confused on how you guys are actually choosing um these days. If for Schilling to have received the most votes last year, I, I, that 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 really baffles me even more. Um, I, I guess they're still trying to take a hard stance on guys who possibly. Use steroids because some of the guys that they're not allowing never tested positive. Um, there's no irrefutable um, proof, you know, that they 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 did do it unless they failed the test.
2: Well, see, so, uh, that that's where I'm at, and and I vote for Sheffield, as I told you. I have magic numbers. If you have three thousand hits, if you have five hundred home runs, or three hundred wins, you automatically get my vote. And the problem I have with people like holding Sheffield out is he was never suspended by the league and never tested positive. I whether or not I'm not naive and there's an elephant in the room, I just don't know how many other people were doing it and if other pitchers that he faced JR during that time were doing it as well. We don't know. Very very important fact.
3: Um if a certain percentage of the league was doing Roy. They never said that only batters were doing it. You know, there's pitchers doing it as well. Um, I guess that's why Clemens is being punished, right? Because um, we're assuming that just as many pitchers use juice as hitters. So that's always a hard discussion. Um, you know, of course, me, I have to. I, how can I deny Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez? It's interesting to me that. People say, "Well, Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he started juicing, so I'm going to put him in." And then a guy that was so dominant, as dominant as Sammy, a hitter as Sammy Sosa was, you know, he, he who never tested one, he's positive,
2: right. right? And and he never tested positive. Uh, yep. That's another thing. Even though you have your suspension, your suspicion, I, it's it's a bad sure. thing.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the
2: best sports
1: talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: All right, our guest is J.R. Gamble, the managing editor of MLBBro.com. Check out the site if you get a chance. And uh, let's talk about two new guys on the ballot. A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, and Big Poppy, David Ortiz. And their chances of getting in, especially on the first ballot, seemed you know, almost little to none. Especially A Rod, who was suspended, admitted to it, and was suspended. Big Poppy's name was—he um, reportedly was linked to the juice mm-hmm. and to, uh, you know, steroids or whatever, and, and HGH. So he's another guy. What do you think of those two guys? and And their chances are getting in
3: well, of course, Alex Rodriguez's chances will be harder because I was hearing as early as last year that big is the first ballad hall of famer, and actually Rob, you and I are like the only two guys who well, most of you have actually brought up the fact that Poppy kind of had has admitted to using, and if um you're gonna hold all these guys accountable, all these great players accountable, you definitely can't put him in if there's proof that he's ever juiced or was strongly implicated, like all of the other guys um uh, that they kept out. I think Alex Rodriguez is a no brainer. But, you know, the Alex Rodriguez story is very controversial. Um, from the fact that a lot of media members didn't like him, his spent in New York, his battle with Derek Jeter, uh, you know, him being the statuesque good looking Hispanic ball player, probably rubbed a lot of media guys. The wrong way, his confidence. Um, uh, but come on, close to seven hundred homers, over two thousand RBIs, like my man you know, Hank Aaron. Come on. Um, thirty one hundred and fifteen hits, a, a two ninety five lifetime batting average. I mean, baseball has a lot of serious problems with how they're gonna handle this historically over the next ten years. I think we need to just clean it all up now, let the guys in that you know are great players, you know, because it it makes me think sometimes really deep down makes me think that there's a hint of racism or a hint of systemic, um, you know, challenges with, with these Hispanic players that were accused That's not getting in with 600, 580 home runs were clearly some of the best players. Um, I, I respect the BBWA for everything they do, but to try to be the gatekeepers of every aspect of the steroid era, I, I just don't agree with that. I think A-Rod's the first ballot hall of fame. I can't believe we're having this discussion, discussion but I understand what it's about. It's about what are we going to do with the guys from this era, era? I like this guy. I don't like this guy. We want to let this guy in. We want to let this guy in. You know, I, I can't see Jeff Kent or Andrew Jones or Scott Rowland going into the Hall of Fame before, uh, you know, Sammy Sosa or Barry Barnes. Like, what are we really doing?
2: Yeah. The, I I'd
3: say I'm with what, you there. Really, Minnie Minosa got in this year. Uh, Tony Oliva. I mean, like, and I know that. That's, That's the
2: Veterans Committee, right? Right. Course, it's a different. It's a different arm, committees. right? Sure. But I. But I'm with you. I'm with you. We. We're at a crossroads at the Hall of Fame where we're letting in yeah. people who years ago would never even sniff the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And now because you're not letting in some of the true stars of the game because of this whole steroid controversy, it is a problem. Uh, last thing, uh-huh. Jr. One of the MLB Bros, Marcus Simeon who set a a major league record for home runs for second baseman, 45 dingers passing Davey Johnson's old mark of 43 back with the Atlanta Braves in 1973. He got cashed out a $175 million deal with the Texas Rangers, and he also got an honor from MLB bro. What was that?
3: Yes, he was our um, MLB bro player of the year. It was a close battle between him – great center fielder for uh, um, the Baltimore Orioles, the 30-30 guy, Cedric Mullins, and, of course, Aaron Judge of the Yankees, who had a tremendous um, season, him and Carlos Stanton. But um, Marcus Simeon, breaking that home run record and um, being consistent, and he was like our best MLB bro several weeks at a time. So, um, you know, he had a great year. I spoke with his dad who um, I'm very happy with uh, the season that he had. He was very happy that, you know, opening the him. he came back, um, had a show me deal with the blue Jays show, but he had one prolific season by offensive season by infielder in history. And then he gets the big bag from Texas and he'll be playing alongside Seager, um, up the middle out there in Texas, Texas is showing that they were serious about spending that money. Um, I think Seager posted for 300 million. So, um, that would be a nice tandem. And his uh, dad told me, um, Damien said to me that he didn't want to wait too long with the uncertainty of uh, the lockout looming. Um, and, you know, a brother, brother don't get offered that much money in baseball all the time. So when they do it, you got a kick mine, Rob.
2: No doubt. He jumped on it. He deserved it, and he won a gold glove playing second base. Yes, sir. He had an unbelievable year, no doubt. J.R. Gamble, the managing editor of MLB, bro, always a pleasure. Thanks, Jr.
1: Now bring in the closer. Track one. Track two. Right three. He's out. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA, and it isn't even close.
2: Reason number five hundred and forty: Why baseball is better than the NFL and the NBA. And it's obvious it's the hall of fame. The baseball hall of fame means more than any other hall of fame. I'm sorry. The M the pro the basketball hall of fame just doesn't have the same, uh, prestige, the pro football hall of fame. They let 15 people in at a time. That's not a special place. It's always a debate for the baseball hall of fame. And with that, I reveal my 2022 ballot for this year's Hall of Fame. The announcement will be coming later on in the month of January. And then, of course, the ceremony will take place this summer in Cooperstown, New York. I voted for Barry Bonds. This is his 10th and final try. My gut tells me that he's going to get in, that the writers will rally and realize You can't really tell a story of Major League Baseball without Barry Bonds. And I do believe that he'll get the 75% he needs. I also voted for Roger Clemens. He's in the same exact boat as Barry Bonds. It's his 10th and final year. I also believe he's a -a once-in-a-lifetime type player, that he too will get the necessary 75%. He won seven Cy Youngs, Barry Bonds, won seven MVPs. He's the all-time home run leader with 762. These are players that don't come around often and have had great success on the major league level. And once again, for those naysayers, neither one ever tested positive and neither one ever was suspended by major league baseball. I also voted for Sammy Sosa, who hit over 600 home runs. Again, anybody who hits over 500 home runs automatically gets my vote. Sosa has gotten my vote every year on the ballot. I will continue to vote for him as long as he's on the ballot. He's not nearly as close as Bonds and Clements, who are both at around 60%. They need to get to 75 in order to get in. But Sosa is another guy, never tested positive, and, and never was suspended. I, it's not my job to hold him out of the Hall of Fame. I don't think it's fair. And my last vote goes to Gary Sheffield. 509 home runs, career. Uh, again, over 500, you automatically get my vote. Uh, Sheffield in the same situation as all these guys. I think a lot of stuff went on during that era. And I just don't know. We don't all know how many people used it, how many people, how many hitters used it, how many pitchers used it. It's murky. So I'm going to go by the numbers. This guy played 23 years and has tremendous numbers as a hitter and was a slugger for a long time in the big league. So there you go. Those are my four votes on my 2022 ballot. I had 10 votes, but I only used those four. And I want people to know that I take the ballot very seriously. And I want you to know it is my most prized possession. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same
0: bad time, same bad station.